0: good to praise the Lord in his house. We, we could go on, on and on and on, but we are so limited in many ways. I know there is a song that says 10,000 years will not be enough. One day we will be enabled by God, filled with his permanent presence, and we will worship him as he should be. Praise the Lord for you are living stones, both instruments and materials, mystery of the church, in the building up of his house, the dwelling place of the most holy God. (coughs) Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, we bless you because you've given us the grace to draw near you through Jesus Christ though we are unworthy. Thank you for the Holy Spirit and the gift of salvation and your presence amongst us. We pray that as you are the good shepherd and we are the sheep of your pasture you lead us according to your will and purpose. Jesus name. Amen. amen. <coughs> Last week, um, no, the other Thursday, I had, um, I work as a finance person and um, I prepared the, the accounts and um, I was preparing some draft financial statement for the board meeting And I recommended an operation of 100,000 um, pounds to mitigate, sorry for the jargon, <laughs> a, a big deficit because the following week it was the board meeting so it would be very, very bad if they saw that we were running a deficit. So I recommend it to the management. Okay. I'll cut a long story short. So upon my recommendation the management get very, very upset with me, all of them, Um, but I made my recommendation. And they were not convinced about my recommendation and they decide to seek more professional advice for a more qualified accountant. So that was that Wednesday, Thursday and on Monday they were calling for a very, very important meeting. You see, those kind of situations are things you can't do anything about that. Very, very, very difficult situation, very, very difficult situation. You don't know what to do and um, The reason I'm saying this, there is a point to me saying this, is because you might be having some problems in some difficult situation as you're sitting there and not knowing what to do, where to go. You can worship God, but your problem is waiting for you outside the door. You might be thinking like that. It's true, it's human. Hence my testimony to strengthen you. And they called for a meeting on Monday And I could see that there was a lot of things going on, everyone was unhappy, etc. But I knew that my recommendation was correct. But there was a huge risk for a big decision to be taken against me. Uh, I'm not mentioning the conflict of realms, etc. So I came to the church on Sunday, I was sitting there and we were worshiping, and we were praying, and um, I say, you know, throughout the service, I am persuaded and convinced that God will give an answer, say something, you know, you read the Bible, you pray, but sometimes you wait for God to pass with something for you, especially, in a particular situation and I was sitting there and I was, and suddenly Pastor John called people to come forward to pray for them, you remember I was the first. Mm -hmm. But he said something very encouraging, very motivating. He said, it's not about the ministry, it's about you and God and that made me move the first person it's not about the ministry we are all children of god so as i came here pastor john approached me approached me and he asked me if i was coming for a specific purpose or i had any specific things i said no it's just busy general things he started praying he prayed in tongues And then he started praying for my work. And then in the midst of his prayer he stopped. And went to take his Bible. And read verses for me. And then he used two concepts. As he was praying. He mentioned the vexing from the devil. And then he mentioned the agitation from the devil. Those are big words. I didn't tell him, I didn't tell him what what my problem was. But God knew my needs Mm -hmm. and my distress. And he prayed and strengthened me with many words and verses right here and I went back. And I could feel the deliverance from the Lord, the strength. Went back home on that Sunday. In the evening, devotion with the family. We all read from um, Psalm 91, Mm. and we read together. And then I told the family, what is the risk here? What, 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 What am I risking in this situation? What's the maximum is to be dismissed, maybe? Or to be warned, or to be disciplined, or anything like that? But what is that compared to Lazarus who died? and was brought back to life after four days. What was there's no comparison. So the risk is insignificant as far as God is concerned. So we prayed, and I prayed in the morning, and I went. And um, some of the senior manager were very, very nervous even to say hello to me. But I was very, very calm because I knew that God was in charge, 100%. Then they had a call with the experts and the chief executive came to me and said, "Uh, there's no problem, we've done the right thing. And uh, we've done the right thing. And uh, let us just meet together and uh, decide to have a group, a team decision, how we gonna present our decision to the board. So we went and we sat in the boardroom between us, the managers, and the CEO. And after the meeting, they were all congratulating me. And they they were saying, oh, that's good, hard work. I did not understand, I couldn't believe that, what God can do, and I was thinking to myself, Whatever I done to congratulate me? Uh, thank you very much for the hard work, everybody. Uh, I feared the Lord. Mm-hmm. You see, those are impossible situations, impossible situations. Why am I saying this? When we gather together, we come here. We're not coming to play. We're coming in the presence of God. Amen. Yes, we have salvation, but we are human beings. People have challenging situations. Mm -hmm. But we have to approach God with faith. We have to look to God, cry out to him in faith. And because of that, we cannot allow the church to be undermined. Because this is the place we come to worship God. Do you remember... I think it was a Canaanite, maybe that lady who came and uh, she was asking for healing for her son, I think. And I think the Lord says it's not good to give the children food to the dogs, something like that. And then uh, she says, oh Lord, but even dogs, they eat the crumbs that fall from the table. It is said that she worshiped. And the Lord gave an answer. So you see, there is a misconception in terms of intercession, presenting petition and request to God. People think those are two separate things. Okay, now I'm doing intercession, and after that I will tell God how beautiful he is, and then after that I will put my petition. Worship God, there is answer in worshiping God. Worshiping God is above anything else There is answer. Mm. The chains are broken. Mm. We are renewed in our minds. We grow in trust and faith in God for we experience his presence. Worship God. Always. Mm. Bless his name for his good. Always. It was good to see the royal wedding yesterday. Many things were highlights, but then we had the gospel preached by that American pastor. He was very good. To see all those important people, all the country watching and the man communicating the love of God. No excuse, no excuse. No one would say to God, I did not know, I did not hear. He says, there's no love without understanding and receiving the love of God. And he ended his sermon by saying, God loves you. People were nervous, but the message is gone. I sat down looking and saying what God can do. Unbelievable. You know, some people hide themselves from God. Some people build a fence around themselves. And they put themselves in a condition where they cannot even come any near the gospel of God. But God has his way. Gathering all those important people and communicating his word. Maybe some will think twice and revise their position before God. Amen. Today, the Christ likeness Challenge Part 2. Last time, just a quick reminder. We read in the book of uh, Philemon, and we looked at how Christianity responds to social issues. And the Christian's response is based on God's righteousness. And we looked at this slavery thing to say that Christianity did not bring slavery, did not invent slavery, it predates Christianity. We cannot be accused. Christians have worked very, very hard for its abolition. We also looked at the Bible as the foundation of our civil, uh, civil liberties in this country as well. And we say that naturalism has no rational explanation for personal freedom personal freedom only makes sense if we've been created by God who is himself free. Gives us that freedom and free will. We can then experience God's freedom. And the master said, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Indeed, because many people promise freedom, but the Bible said they are themselves bound, slaves. They cannot free themselves. And they go around promising freedom, nirvana, etc. Sir, you can follow someone so faithfully, someone who is called Buddha, but someone who himself did not quite know where he was going. Jesus said, I know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I am the way. It's quite certain, it's firm. There's no comparison. And he spoke with authority regarding God with authority. The other lesson we saw, we looked at, was the reality of imputation. Onesimus, Philemon, and Paul. Imputation, we saw that doctrine from the Bible. Then we looked at the renewed perspective and perception that as believers, We need to change our mind in Christ. We are called to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That we may be able to discern, to prove what is good, acceptable and perfect will of God. And we particularly looked at one thing, consideration of others, mutual respect. It's very, very important. We mentioned what happened at the pool of Bethsaida. Remember that man, he was healed by the Lord. And the Lord asked him, what do you see? Moving trees. The Lord touched him a second time. What do you see? I can see. Properly now. And we say that it's very important that as believers, we pray to be able to consider and respect one another. Husband and wife, do not look at your spouse as a moving tree. Brethren, do not look at each other as a moving tree. We're talking to fellow human beings with emotions made in the image of God. Husbands, love your wife. Wife, submit and respect your husband. And we mentioned one concept, bitterness, which is often overlooked. Because there is this polarization, love and submission. There is something very dangerous in 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 the middle, bitterness bitterness. And this is a special area for husbands. Husband, do not be bitter for your wife. Why? We say because it is the man who takes the decision to leave his mother and his father and to go and unite with his wife because he has a plan, a direction for where he wants to go. And he takes a risk and he marries, he chooses his wife, he goes. So he's very, very inclined to be bitter. When it doesn't work. And God is speaking to husband, do not be bitter. And it's important that wives can spot the root of bitterness rather than say, You don't love me. Spot and do something about it. And husband spots when bitterness is growing. Do something about it before the Lord. Renewed perspective and perception. Onesimus was unprofitable. He became profitable. By the way, his name means profitable. Look at your brethren as a gift from God, grace in your own life. See all the ministries here? I've got a guitar. I bought it 10 years ago. It's so new. (laughs) In the living room. You can come now, you will see it. I've got all the tools, all the CDs, the, all the things. I can't play one note. <laughs> Just to tell you how easy it is here. Bless the Lord and pray for one another. Yes, amen. These are ministries. And some amongst you there. A lot of intercessors there doing the work. Wrestling in, in prayer. Love one another. This is the church of God. You see, some of you may find this really basic, but bear with me. It's a day of the basics today. Praise the Lord. <coughs> you see, everything we do here must be done for the edification of the body. Everything we do here. Question. It's my behavior, my attitude, my work to the glory of God. You see, Paul writing to Philemon said, Refresh my heart. Are you refreshing your brethren's hearts? Are we making it easier for other people to follow Christ? It's already really tough out there. Everything must be done for the edification of the body. Everything. And that's the very reason why God gave ministries. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For one purpose. Edification of the church. That we may all attain the unity of faith. That we may all come to the perfect knowledge of Christ. That's the reason we are here. To know Christ is very important. Even Paul himself says he's not perfect. He 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 did not attain perfection. But by working together, by being fellow workers with God, partners with God. In the building up of his house, we're building also one another to know God more. Didn't Christ say love one another so that people will know that we are his disciple? Well, that's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. It's a commandment. Just like loving your wife. It's a commandment. It's not an option. (laughs) It's not an option. I don't feel like loving today is a commandment. (laughs) Well, I don't know how to love. I've done it all. 1 Corinthians 13 will help. Submit to your husband. What? It's a commandment. But in the end, it's love in submission. It's love in submission. Love one another, submit to one another. The law of Christ. Okay, where are we? We've said all that already. Ephesians chapter 2, first reading. (coughs) Ephesians chapter 2, we read from verse 19 to verse 22. Bear in mind, we're talking about the building up of the church the house of God. Ephesians chapter two, verse 19 to 22. Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in Spirit. That's the reason I'm saying it's a mystery. So the house of the Lord is being built and you as individual, you're being built as well as a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. It is people, believers in Christ, who make up the church. It's not the building, it's people because the Holy Spirit dwells in them. And when we come together, God dwells in us. He can communicate with us, we can obey him, we delight in worshiping him because of his Holy Spirit. A stumbling block despised by other people but precious to us, is Jesus Christ. So, according to this scripture here, we are members of the household of God. Now, Paul told Timothy to know how he ought to conduct himself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. The pillar and the ground of the truth. You see, there is a way, that's what Paul is saying here to Timothy, You know, people are are coming from different backgrounds, but in the house of the Lord, there is an opportunity to begin to learn how to conduct. It's not about I've always been like that, no. It's not about my background. It's about the words of the Lord. Here is an example. In many places in the world, Men do not respect women in many places, including in my tribe. And that's the reason why one man can commit adultery and is okay in the society. He can marry 10 wives. He's okay in the society. But if a woman commits adultery, which I'm not condemning here or advocating, You know, the punishment is horrible in my tribe. And in many parts of the world, I suppose including in Israel, because when the women came back from the tomb with the report of the resurrection, they thought it was tales. they wouldn't believe because the report came from women. But Jesus Christ has restored everybody. Jesus Christ has restored everybody in him. So when we come in the house of the Lord, we begin to learn that in the Lord, you respect your wife. You respect your husband. So you see, there is a way. Respect elders, everyone respect everyone. Because out there, there is a growing worldwide global culture of rudeness. Do you know why? Because if I think that I'm better than you, why should I respect you? That's the idea. Everyone thinks it's better. Why respect you? You are something, maybe a pile of junk. Maybe. Why should I respect you? I am more sophisticated is the word people use these days. What does the Bible say? Esteem others as better than you. Can you see the contradiction there? So there is a way of living in the house of God. So we come with all those ideas And then through the word of God, we are sanctified. We know the truth that will set us free from ungodliness and (coughs) worldliness. Don't turn to that. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, we learn how people gladly receive the word of God. Gladly receive the word and many souls were being added to the church. And the Bible says, the Lord was adding to the church daily those who were being saved. Act two, verse 47, I think. What does that mean? It means the church is the house of God. God is our father. We are his children. It's a community of believers those who have received Jesus Christ and believe in his name, to those he has given exousia, the privilege, the power, jurisdiction, to become children of God. Yes, God is the creator of everyone, but is the father of those who believe in Christ. And those ones compose the church. You see, the church is not just a playground, something, happy people, and uh, we're coming, we sing, and then we go back. No, these are redeemed people. I told you that the church is a mystery. It is a mystery, partly revealed, but will be revealed in its fullness in the future. <coughs> it is the bride of Christ, but in Revelation 21, it is the bride and the wife of the Lamb. The new Jerusalem. Church be the new Jerusalem, we don't understand. Adorn and prepare. Coming down, we don't understand. Both instruments and materials. It's a mystery. What the church is is yet to be revealed. But because we know that through the Bible, where we're going, we know that. Let us remain steadfast, <coughs> immovable. Forgiving one another. Love the church. Love the brethren. Doesn't the Bible say do good to all. But especially to those of the household of God. Sometimes you see believers they are more happy to be with pagans than with the church itself. So happy. So fulfilled. In the world. And in the church. Hello, I'm repeating what I said before from Spurgeon. When you talk about the coming of Jesus Christ, let your face shine like the sun in its fullness. When you talk about hell, your natural face will do. (laughs) This is the house of God, show some kindness, Affectionate, affectionate kindness, the Bible says, to one another. These are people we, stand, we spend eternity with in the presence of God. The Bible says your brethren in the world are going through the same tribulation and persecution as you. How much more should we show some kindness, some reassurance when we come together here, loving one another. Ask someone how he's doing. Go to someone you don't know. Ask and you will know what is going on. You will have a reason to pray for people. Show some kindness. Do not just seek your own interest, but seek others. Do not self-serve the Lord with selfish ambitions. No. The mind of Christ. Philippians 2. Bear with me, since you're hearing a very basic sermon today, but it is important. <coughs> Second reading. Now, now that we know, well, we already we already know that we are the Church of the Living God. The Lord is building up His Church. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the Lord is building up his church. We are co-workers with him in his field. Now the question is, how are we building? How? Because you see, dear brethren, it's not about doing something. I've heard that. Do something for God. Do something for God. We are not called to do something and anything for God to work according to God himself Amen. to seek his will yeah. he's the master of the house mm. he's the lord of the church he's the head of the body yeah. and he need to direct us to give a direction that's why we pray your will be done 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and we read from verse 9 how we should work. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. <coughs> According to the... No. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God' field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he built on it for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid which is Jesus Christ now if anyone build on this foundation with gold silver precious stone wood hay straw each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will reve- it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work and what sort it is If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? We have to be very, very, very careful. The foundation was laid. Even though Paul is saying he laid the foundation, Paul is not the foundations. The apostles and the prophets are not the foundations. Laying the foundations means they presented to the world the foundation. They presented to the world Jesus, the gift of salvation from God for all humans. That's the foundation that has been laid. And we begin to build on that foundations now. And we cannot lay another foundation. Unfortunately, other people begin to do that, denying the sufficiency of Christ, adding something else to Jesus Christ. That's another foundation. That's another Jesus Christ. That's another gospel. That's another spirit. As a wise master builder. Let's be careful in the way we're serving the Lord. It's not about self-promoting. It's about God. The gift and the ministries we've been given. Are from God and for God and for his purpose. For the edifying of the church. We have to be very, very careful. But the gift and the ministries. Must be exercised. According to the measure of faith and grace we've received from God. No overdo unnecessarily. In the measure according to the grace everyone has received. Work for the Lord and serve him. And serve one another. Now, there are three types of works according to what we've just read here. Um, profitable work the work that really glorifies God which is profitable done according to his will and purpose and there is useless work I used to call that activism there is a difference between activity, which is positive, and activism sometimes. Activism is doing things. Doing things. Activism. And there is destructive work. Profitable, useless, destructive. And we are called to be very, very careful in the way we conduct ourselves and the way we interact and we consider one another it's very very important be careful the church belongs to God it belongs to God you know Paul speaking to the elders in Ephesus in act 20 he said to them take heed be careful to the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood to shepherd the flock of God. Be careful. The Lord is the head of his church. Let's be very, very careful in whatever we do, whatever we say, and how we interact with one another. Consideration, humility, forgiving one another. Those are Christian things. That's what the Master taught us. Where are those things? Where are those things? Forgiving one another, respecting one another, humbling, submitting to one another. Everyone is an expert today. Everyone is poor. Dave Hunt said once, the problem is not religion, the problem is that we are seven billions of people, everyone thinks they're little gods. Everyone thinks it's perfect. The blame is already that that person. Let's be careful. We are commanded to let the mind of Christ be in us, <coughs> to do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind to esteem others better than ourselves. Not to seek our own interest, but also others. That is called humility. By God standard. You see, by human standard, people have different definition of humility. If I walk like this, some people will say I'm humble. That's not God's definition of humility. Humility is an attitude of heart before God. Voluntarily before God. Have you noticed that? Esteem. It doesn't mean that you are the last. Everyone else is better than you. Esteem. Have that attitude. Be prepared to display Christ's character. Esteem. Consider that will help. But if I think I'm everything, it's not going to work. There was a preacher once who gave a sermon. And after the sermon, someone came and said, We are so blessed with the sermon. He looked at them and he said, I bless the Lord that my strength, humility is my strength. <laughs> I knew you would smile. <laughs> Let's be careful. Last reading Romans chapter 12. <laughs> Romans chapter 12. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're reading from verse 3, Romans 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Verse 4. For as we have many members members in one body but all the members do not have the same function so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 6 Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us let us use them. If prophecy Let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy above what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be Kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continually. Christ-likeness challenge. We are called to remain humble in exercising spiritual gifts, etc. We've just read that. Christ's commandments are not suggestions. They are commandments. And you know he commanded so many things. Love one another. Forgive one another. Submit one another. Be helpful, be considerate, be compassionate as the body of Christ. Children of God. They shall be called children of God. Peacemakers. I asked you the other day for help. What's the opposite of peacemaker? Pardon? Well. Say it, that's, th- that's correct. Troublemaker. Am I a troublemaker? For the peacemaker will be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Christ our Shalom. He said, "Let the peace of God dwell in our hearts." You see, when the peace of God is in our hearts, it doesn't mean it's a, it's a trouble-free life. But the peace of God that passes full understanding, we keep our heart and mind in Christ Jesus, and we'll overflow and touch others. Peacemakers, no trouble. We are called to reassure one another, to give hope to one another as the body of Christ. Husband and wife, the family of God. Heading toward the end. Both within families and churches, we should always look carefully. Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. Roots of bitterness. Be careful with that. Roots of bitterness. Very, very difficult to detect it. It grows in a very secretive way. If it's not tackled before the Lord, it can cause a lot of damage because it's not sin. Bitterness. And because of bitterness, many can become defiled. I've already talked about husband and that in particular. So as we're serving the Lord together, as the household of God, let us be very careful with the root of bitterness. Let us not allow it to grow. Let us bring it to the Lord. Only God can do something about it. If one has been frustrated, you see I always talk about the family and the church because the church is a community of families. If there are troubles in the families, there won't be peace in the church because people will come in the church very heavy. When it works in the family, Everyone is happy, everyone is joyful, everyone looks forward to worshiping God together, and people can share the benefit of the gospel when they go back home, etc. Things work perfectly. Friends, the church is the bride of Christ. One day, it will be revealed what it is. We cry. There are sometimes frustrations in serving the Lord, maybe sometimes. Maybe you do something that is not recognized. Maybe you've worked for so many years that is not recognized, is despised. It doesn't matter. It's for the Lord. One day it will be revealed. The Lord is faithful and will not forget your work. No, no. But meanwhile, remain steadfast, immovable. Working for him, abounding in his work, there is a reward. It's called the Bema judgment seat of Christ. On that day, the work of everyone will be revealed. Let us not work just to be seen by men, yeah. work for the Lord. Yeah. I suggest that we conclude this together with you by reading a short scripture together. And then a short song in the end to the glory of God. Please turn with me to Colossians, and we'll read this together if you will, please. Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three, verse 12 (coughs) to 17, because you are an elected of God. Colossians chapter three, verse 12 to 17, let's read together, shall we? Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as God forgave us, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, Do all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. We're going to close with a song, and Pastor John will pray to close. Jesus, you are changing me.